tweet at SFM Radio and at KG Mwekezi. Thank you. It's uh, 11.14 and uh, um, uh, scientists working with uh, government uh, predicted this uh, fourth wave of COVID-19 infections and they predicted um, that it could happen in early December. Today is the 1st of December and as part of government's efforts in this regard, the CSIR has developed a platform that monitors human mobility to better understand movement patterns across specific areas areas such as virus hotspots, high-risk and vulnerable areas, as well as monitoring lockdown compliance and the spread of the virus. Uh, to tell us <clears throat> how well the data tracking mobility of uh, the CSIR is in tracking the looming COVID-19 for, uh, fourth wave, we're joined by Dr. Jabum Tsweni, head of uh, the Cyber and Information Security Center. Good morning. Looming, am I correct to call it looming? Uh, we are assuming it's not here yet. Good morning, Dr. Msuini. Uh, good, good morning, KG, and uh, uh, to your listeners, and thank you for inviting us. It yes. is indeed looming. It is looming. Yes, indeed. Oh, okay. Uh, it's quite interesting to me when you use the word looming, because I'm uh, looking at the numbers that ge- came out last night. That scared me. And it's interesting that as far as you guys are concerned, it's not officially here yet. But recent data shows that the number of COVID-19 cases are beginning to rise. What does your track and trace system tell us at the current moment today that, that we're in? Uh, what is it looking like? So, so basically in the National Policy Data Observatory, because that's the platform that I'm from, supported by the Department of Science and uh, Innovation. Mm-hmm. So we collect data uh, and analyze it to understand the spread of COVID, but over and above that to understand other socioeconomic indicators. So what we are seeing now, you know, uh, especially since yesterday, on the seven-day average of positive cases, there's been an increase of almost 150%. You wow. Know, in in uh, seven w- days. In seven days, week on week. And uh, obviously, this is influenced by a lot of what is happening in Houghton, which is uh, contributing about 70% of those reported cases. Uh, the city of Tswane, you know, being the, 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 the epicenter, so to speak, uh, in terms of the positive uh, tests that are coming out, uh, that has increased by almost 180% within just a week. So we are currently now sitting at about 102 or so percent. Uh, we are also uh, seeing hospitalizations increasing, but not as fast as the cases. And I think hospitalization has increased by about 11%, you know, week on week. Uh, the number of deaths are still a little bit lower uh, because they generally lag behind, you know, cases by about two weeks or so. So we'll generally be seeing what is happening in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but when you were talking about the looming part, mm. uh, we are generally not in the fourth wave yet mm. uh, because our threshold, I think, is about 5,900 or so cases over a seven-day period because we normally use the previous the previous wave. So that's when you'll <coughs> declare it a fourth wave? Generally, yeah. yeah, g- yeah. G- generally speaking, yes. And uh, in Houghton, they are about 37% away from the fourth wave because the... The, the 5,000 is more at the national level. Gauden is actually closer to, to a fourth wave compared to other, other provinces. So just based on the predictions and what we have seen in the previous year, we are seeing that in a couple of days, probably by next week, Wednesday or so, of course, people might not think I'm a Sangoma, but just, just what the data is saying, uh, we will probably see ourselves being in the, in the, in the fourth wave, if not sooner. <laughs> 
excuse my shock. So in, in seven days from today, uh, it, you, you know, from what you're reading the numbers to say, uh, you, we will officially be in the fourth wave. Uh, but then is it going to be by province? Because I remember it was a Delta that uh, uh, was by province. I think uh, it uh, started uh, here in Gauteng as well and it moved by province. Because one of the uh, things that you do research is the movement of uh, the movement patterns across uh, various um, uh, or, or specific areas. So as you are saying by next week Wednesday, are you saying for Gauteng it will be by next week Wednesday or for South Africa? You see, Gauteng, at least based on the numbers that we are seeing this week, uh, as I indicated, they're about 37% or so away from the fourth wave. So mm. in Gauteng it could actually even happen earlier. Uh, earlier than next Wednesday. Yeah, so, so it just depends. But the, 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 the rate at which the cases are increasing now is a little bit faster mm. than what we have seen, for example, last year. At with the same Delta. time, with the, I think last day it was beta. It was beta, yes. Delta was around Later. June, mm. June, July. So, mm. so we are seeing the cases are increasing a little bit faster uh, compared to to the previous year. So, um, yes, I think it, it, in Houghton it might happen sooner. It actually, it depends also how you are looking at it because mm. when we look at the number of infections in Houghton, we are looking at about 19 per hundred thousand people, mm. which is already, uh, according to some other calculations, a bit high which uh, you know when it gets let's say to about five per hundred k you are you sort of don't have a, a point of return sure your system is it able to tell us anything about uh, uh omicron uh, not not really but uh, we work uh, we use a number of other data sources for mm. example you know the next train platform and the gis gis8 so what we are seeing now with the omicron uh, variant is that obviously it has now been detected in over 18 countries mm -hmm. across five continents and it wasn't first detected in south africa uh, contrary to what people are saying it was op officially announced by scientists in south africa but it had been detected in other countries already then yes yes yeah. I, I think botswana is probably the the, the first country that mm. where it has been detected so as the data says that at least by early November mm. I think by the 9th of November that's when the first person who sort of uh, had uh, this variant you know was tested and uh, obviously there's some work that needs to be done in terms of uh, the surveillance and stuff like that and and that is why last week they announced it but uh, what we are seeing is that it is now across the uh, the various number of continents yeah uh, by the way if uh, you want to ask dr Mtsweni, uh a question uh, that's how we know science uh, and innovation are very important things it's because of these conversations that we're having if you want to ask dr Mtsweni a question dr Mtsweni, dr jabum Mtsweni is the head of uh, the cyber and information security center at uh, the csir you can call Call our studio line on 011-714-2006. As a platform that monitors human mobility uh, to better understand movement patterns across specific area, is the system able to tell us where the hotspots currently are, the virus hotspots, the high-risk area, the vulnerable areas uh, that we are likely to have at this point? At, at and I say that as a Gauteng citizen. <laughs> Definitely. So what we are seeing, obviously, as they say, you know, when we move, the virus moves. Yes, so, so it that moves with us. It moves with us. So mm. that, that is why it's important for us to also track the mobility of people. But just to make a disclaimer here, the tracking of mobility is not an individual, but it's more sort of the patterns just to see. The patterns of the virus. The patterns of the movement of people. Okay. For example, where they are going. 
based on on their various activities it's not uh, because of privacy enhancing mechanisms so you know it's, and it's not surveillance or tracking or something like that okay and this data is collected by your google your apple and other mobile network sure, operators sure. as you know we use our location or we travel just like what happens in traffic you know yes. where we know where the traffic is i mean i've got a phone <coughs> here so big brother knows where i am 100 percent. yeah so what we we have been noticing at least you know since level one there's been a, a high increase in movement of, of people uh, particularly in recreational areas, in shopping malls, in the public transport, uh, and and that is actually even higher now than it was pre-COVID time. Let's say 2020 February or so. Yeah. So there's been a lot of movement, and w- which necessarily then points to the high-risk areas that we are asking about. For mm-hmm. example, you know, in in areas such as the the, the shopping malls, in in gathering areas where people gather a lot. So you find that. The, the, the risk of infection is very high yeah. and uh, you are also looking at uh, in, in the public spaces, public transport, but also what we are seeing is in the areas where there are a lot of these events like your uh, rave, you, uh, you know, those kind of things so yeah. there's, there's quite a, a lot of risks there. In Gauteng as an example we are already starting to see the hotspots such as in the city of Tswane I think that has been happening since the past two weeks. Why? why, why what's happening in the city of Tswane? Um, what we hear, because there's not enough data, but it's more super spreaders, for example, in the universities. I think one of the cases was at Tswane University of Technology, yes. where there were some events of students and then they were getting infected. But obviously, now what is happening is their infections are happening uh, in, in various areas, not just in, in, in super spreader events. We are seeing Johannesburg, I think, as of the past two days, they are becoming red. Uh, the West Rand as well, uh, in Gauteng at least. But yeah. other countries are still sort of more on, on, on alert mode. Yeah, but based on what you're saying to me, am I correct then to understand that the probability is that uh, the movement of Omicron uh, in South Africa is probably largely going to be by province again in the way that we saw with uh, the, 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 Delta, the Delta. With Delta, yes. Generally, yeah, that's what would happen. For example, in last year, at this time, Eastern Cape, was the one that sort of uh, started with yes. the, the beta virus yes. uh, when it was discovered in Nelson Mandela Bay. At uh, this time, Houghton. And Houghton tends to, to spike the cases quite quickly because our population is big, but we are also very small. Yes. Uh, we are seeing also, you know, the Western Cape starting to increase, Guazulu uh, Natal. So the big provinces, which is a big of a worry, they are increasing uh, their, their cases. And I think the small ones being the Northwest because they are close, obviously, to Botswana and then Limpopo. But... Based on previous data uh, that uh, obviously you gathered uh, for the three variants previous to uh, Omicron, are you able to tell uh, at all how long Omicron is bound to be with us for? Because I know that the virus tends to mutate and uh, we don't know whether there'll be another one. But, you know, based on the data that you've gathered and that you've got uh, with the previous um, um <clears throat> With, with, with the previous ones uh, that we've had already, are you able to detect or at least or have an idea of how long we are going to face it for, Omicron? Yes, I, I think when we look at the, the preliminary data or even looking at beta and looking at delta, generally some of these, uh, uh, the resurgent or the spike of these cases by, by the variants, they last about three months or so. Yeah. Uh, and in some cases, maybe about 120 days or so. So generally after three months, like we are seeing in South Africa, that probably by Feb, uh, we will probably be out of the, the fourth wave mm. if, if everything goes according to plan and then... Uh, 
and then the, the Omicron variant would have probably sort of dissipated a bit. Yeah, we have a voice note question uh, for Dr. Um, Tweni. By the way, if you also want to ask uh, Dr. Tweni a question, uh, Dr. Tweni, just in case you just joined us, is uh, the head of uh, the Cyber and Information Security Center at uh, the CSIR, and uh, we're tracking, as I said, with him Omicron and uh, the direction that it, it's go is it is going in South Africa. Please send your your voice note to zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. That's zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Let's hear that uh, voice note and then we'll also go to a caller. Let's hear uh, what they had to say. Good morning, KG. I would like to ask uh, when are they expecting uh, this fourth wave to end and when can we expect the next wave? Thank you. Okay, and then we also have a call. I hope you noted that, Dr. Mswin. Uh, we have a caller. Good morning. Welcome to SAFM. Good morning to you. Can you hear me? Hello? I can hear you loud and clear. I yeah, can hear I you. Just, uh, I have two questions, quick questions I would like to ask. Uh, yesterday, there's been some mixed messages last yesterday and today. Your, your guest has now mentioned that this uh, Omicron was discovered uh, in Botswana. Yesterday we were told by the SABC TV that it was in South Africa and, in, and last night in the Netherlands. Then my question is, how come if it's in Botswana and in South Africa, yet it's got the same name, Omnicon? Uh, that's the one, and I'd like to know where has this uh, Omnicon been discovered? Because it, it sounds very suspicious to me uh, that uh, soon after the elections we have another variant and uh, we have another uh, vaccine uh, that is required. And um, the other issue that I wanted to ask you about is the closing of borders. If you can tell me exactly all we've heard on the social media about the closing of borders by Britain and some other European countries was that they closed the borders, but they haven't given us the reasons. The last time... The reason uh, for when they closed, the Britain closed the borders, the last time we had a, which was very, very, there was almost a blackout about the reason of Britain not wanting to accept South Africa's uh, written certificates because of the levels of corruption. So, um, and given the fact that the, that the corruption of the PPEs is now running to billions of rands, wouldn't that be a reason for them uh, placing the lockdown? And because lots, there's lots of vaccination hasn't been taken place because the money has been stolen. Thank you. I listen on the okay. radio. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. Uh, do you want to maybe respond to the first? Because I have to go to news headlines at half past. Respond to uh, the voice note uh, about <laughs> when you are anticipating that Omicron will 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 end. I think uh, the question was more about when the wave will start. Oh, when the wave will start, yes. yes. Generally, I can't give a specific date because I don't know. But as I indicated, in a couple of days, we think we'll reach the threshold. Mm. And probably by beginning of February or so, if the patterns remain the same, it would have it would have ended. It would have done its thing yes. and left uh, its devastation. Uh, so, Brian, will respond to your question uh, after the news headlines. If you also want to ask uh, Dr. Mtsweni uh, a question, Dr. Mtsweni is 
is uh, the head of uh, the Cyber and Information Security Center at the CSIR, where we are broadcasting. You can call us on our studio line 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp us on 061-410-4107. It's now 11.30 and Musa is standing by with the news headlines. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Tweet at SFM Radio and at KG Mwekezi. Welcome back. Uh, we are at uh, the CSIR uh, in uh, Pretoria, and uh, we've been in conversation uh, about data tracking mobility of the CSIR, and uh, it's tracking uh, the looming uh, COVID-19 fourth wave, and uh, we've had in our makeshift studio Dr. Jabun Tsweni, who is the head of uh, cyber and information security at uh, the CSIR. There was a question, uh, a multi-pronged question, really, uh, that Brian asked. Asked uh, on the telephone. I don't know if you're ready for that response. Well, I, I think the simple answer is South Africa, obviously, we are very advanced when yes. it comes to detecting some of these variants because we've got the facilities. You know, yes. while other African countries may not be at an advanced stage like we are. So, as I indicated earlier, uh, I think the first sample. You know, was received I think around the 9th of November. You mm-hmm. know, where they tested it because they wouldn't have known up until they've tested. Mm. And then by the 24th, South Africa were the first to announce. But when they announced, obviously uh, the Omicron was already, uh, you know, uh, detected or occurred in in other countries such as Botswana. Mm. And that is why, as I was indicating, over 18 countries already just by looking at last week. Mm-hmm. So the naming part. Uh, it's, it's done by WHO and uh, they are following a pretty much standard so there's nothing sinister about the naming of it mm. uh, and uh, yeah on the other aspects about corruption and stuff like that I can't speak to that because <laughs> I'm not uh, a politician thanks yeah so you know uh, share with us about the long-term potential benefits of your system in other areas such as for example crime prevention because I suppose in many ways COVID has forced you to do a detour of the work that you do because it's here and uh, you know, you've been forced to track certain things about it. But I'm assuming there were other plans around the work that you do. And I'm particularly interested, for example, in, you know, crime prevention. Uh, you know, cyber crime is also one of the biggest problems that we face in our country. What are your findings? Where are you? What kinds of what kind of thinking uh, do you have around crime prevention? So the, the National Policy Data Observatory, which is uh, what they call the platform, I think the, the the initiative is more about assisting you know government with data driven decision making and uh, the, the the whole idea is how do we rely on data uh, to make better informed decision for situational awareness you know mm. for resource planning how do we plan better uh, and how you know do we do do we make predictions on certain things and I think uh, within the observatory over and above just COVID and, and vaccination uh, we have been tracking a number of other things for example when the social unrest happened we we're able to pick up where the hotspots were and, and, and stuff like that uh, the issues of um, <coughs> as we have indicated on crime prevention uh, because uh, because generally in South Africa there's a lot of this data but it's sort of uh, f- fragmented mm. so the National Police Data Observatory is about bringing everything together uh, to provide that view and give a government uh, an opportunity uh, to make informed decisions so that for example with crime as you're indicating knowing where the crime hotspots are mm. and how our 
law enforcement uh, men and women could be deployed much better mm. it could also be the issues about special planning you know with the mobility data understanding where the next you know developments should be taking place because what you see uh, sometimes the the development of houses and stuff like that is sort of happening in an unequal way mm. uh, and so on and so forth so data is really helping us in a, in a number of ways to understand even the issues of logistics mm. uh, and various other things you know the shopping patterns uh, and many and many others you know and uh, today's the world AIDS day mm. uh, also understanding how far we have gone you know since uh, uh, 40 years 40 ago. years ago yeah uh, how do we ensure that when we get for example to deal with covid we are not just uh, zoned in into it and forget that the, the world is big and there are many other things that we need to make decisions on including the issues of unemployment yeah uh, issues of education understanding where universities needs to be built so data has proven you know during covid that it's very very key mm. and it's a very important tool to assist government to make better decisions and and, and plan better with their resource with the limited resources that we have your work is important. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Uh, for, for, for coming to explain these things. Dr. Jabum Tsweni is the head of uh, the Cyber and Information Security Center at the CSIR. So, 